Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Thursday, everybody. Austin Lane, ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks. My co-host Brent Martineau will be here, well, momentarily. I think he's getting gas. Is that the text message we got? Yeah, he said he needs gas. You would imagine a guy that's been on the road for the past week and a half could schedule it out when to get the gas, but it's all good. We're, we're going to move onward like we always do. And let's be honest, man, I don't like leading the show off with cryptic tweets, but I've gotten a couple text messages. I've gotten a couple questions in my mentions about this. So I guess this is where we're at right now um, as a show and as a team, you know, as a show that covers the Jaguars is what is Telvin Smith doing right now? And Kuz, do we have music? Oh, wow. I mean, a little, a little quieter. There it is. So, oh, that's, that's perfect. This is like Law and Order stuff right here. So check this out. Don't Telvin Smith. Soon. It's going to get a little <laughs> more intense. It change in a second. We'll find out in a second here. But Telvin Smith, approximately 20 hours ago, goes on Twitter. And mind you, he hasn't tweeted since October 13th, 2019. And he puts, I think it's time. With the uh, pondering emoji. Is that what we call that one? The pondering emoji? Because you know thinking, what? I, yeah. Thinking. I like pondering better. Yeah. I like pondering better. Makes you sound a little smarter than what I really am. So Talvin Smith puts out the I think it's time with the pondering emoji. And that's it. Right? Nothing else. Cryptic is all hell. We don't know what to make of it. Got a lot of traction. 224 retweets and 254 quote tweets and 1,800 likes if you're in that type of thing. And it begs the question, can Talvin Smith come back? Number one, would he fit in the scheme? Number two, would his body physically allow him to come back right away? Or would he have to kind of, you know, take some time out, regrain himself in the traditions of football? A lot of questions need to be answered right now. Now, listen, maybe Telvin Smith thought it was time to upgrade a TV. Like, we don't know what this tweet could mean. Maybe he's in the market for a new whatever. Is, is it 8K, 8K TVs now? What's, like, the next big thing? Oh, they have 8K? Is there 8K? I don't know. I thought it was 4K. I, th- I think there's something better than 4K right now. This is your area 5K? of expertise. You don't know what you're talking about. Unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe tell them one upgraded TV, right? We're not really sure what's going on right now. But all I'm going to say with Talvin Smith is that weight could be an issue. And, Kuz, that's enough of the music. Thank you very much, man. On point as usual. But with Talvin Smith... Listen, we saw a picture of him. This would have been, I guess, last year uh, at a high school football game. Or I guess two years ago now, technically, we're in 2021. And we saw him at a high school football game. Obviously, he was looking a little underweight. And Telvin Smith is a type of player that's always been a little underweight, right? Like he's, in terms of his attributes to being a football player, um, size and strength really aren't two of those things, right? He's a east to west type of player, fast, explosive, agile, which there is a need for that at the linebacking position. But we got to ask ourselves one thing. If you switch to a 3-4 defense, and we're talking about you know the middle linebacker position, because I can't see Telvin, if it's going to be a traditional 3-4 defense, playing outside linebacker, right? Because then you're with the likes of Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on. And let's be honest, 
that's not going to gel with Talvin Smith. Now, I mean, his pass rushing skills, they're okay, but they're not at the Josh Allen's level, right? And how is Talvin Smith going to be on the line of scrimmage stacking the run? Probably not that good. So if Talvin Smith was to come back in this supposedly, once again, I say supposedly, in a 3-4 defense, we're talking middle linebacker. And I'm not sure if you all are aware of this, but middle linebackers in a 3-4 defense traditionally are a little bigger. And when I say a little bigger, I mean, we're talking 230, 240 pounds. You know, like with Miles Jack, you know, for instance, so like right now the way I envision this 3-4 defense, if it was to be a 3-4 defense, got to throw that caveat out there, but obviously Miles Jack would be off the ball and Joe Schobert would be on the ball. Now, what does that mean? It means Joe Schobert is the guy making the calls. He's kind of like the general of the defense. He's making the audibles. He's making the checks, all that stuff. But Joe Schobert's primarily objective is one of two gaps, right? It's either the A gap or the B gap. That's his responsibility. Enough said. So he plays north to south. Miles Jack, on the other hand, on the weak side, it would be a little different. Like, he's still responsible in the run game, right? The the box gets condensed a little bit. You know, he, he has the, the, the A, the B um, gaps like that. But with Miles Jack, what you can do is now you can blitz Miles Jack, right? You can use his athleticism. Um, you can drop, like, Josh Allen or Caleb on Chase on back in coverage, and all of a sudden Miles Jack blitzes now which I think Miles Jack would be a hell of a player at because he is so athletic. He does have a little bit of a pass rush skill set. So that would be super beneficial in a 4-3 de- I'm sorry, in a 3-4 defense of Miles Jack playing middle linebacker. The problem with Telvin Smith though is if he weighs where we think he weighs right now, he would definitely be undersized as that middle linebacker. Now, like I'm not ready to write him off and say, "Well, this guy can't play because he's too small." But at the same time, what you're asking a middle linebacker to do essentially is play north to south, right? Like very rarely do you need a linebacker in a 3-4 defense, a middle linebacker per se, to play east to west, right? You're always coming downhill. And I don't think that's really Telvin Smith's game. So I'm very curious. And once again, this is all speculation. This is all hearsay. I didn't envision myself on a Thursday to start to show up by envisioning some guy's tweet and breaking it down. What could it mean? Is he coming back? Um, wh- you know, what is, what is it going to take? Thank you very much, Coos. <laughs> I didn't envision that. But I'm just saying I feel like if Telvin Smith does choose to come back, he's going to have a pretty long road ahead of him to get him, his body acclimated once again to the game of football, number one. But number two, he might have to add a little weight pending the Jaguars play a 3-4 defense and he's playing the inside linebacker because to me that's kind of the only spot where he's going to play unless you put him at like safety or something like that which I'm not sure how much experience he has playing that either so a lot of questions right now we'll you know we'll we'll stay tuned to it we'll keep an eye on it Uh, I'm not going to freak out about it right now but we'll, we'll we'll stay tuned out of here and see what's going on and I think Brent actually tweeted this today a little bit regarding if he was to come back what would that you know require from him? Because keep in mind, my, uh, um, Talvin Smith had some legal trouble a couple years ago. And uh, according to Brent, he tweeted this 16 hours ago. Um, he's trying to find out, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He's trying to find out exactly what happens if Talvin Smith comes back. And where he stands right now, it's unclear if his contract was frozen, um, if he's on the Jags reserve retired list, and... I guess how it's going to impact him going forward in terms of will he have to sit out? Because keep in mind, he never got a penalty from, you know, the whole getting arrested thing. And I think, you know, I mean, having the <laughs> some federal agents involved as well. Like he, there was never any 
repercussions for that because he chose to walk away from the game. So there's no telling what he's got to go through in terms of penalties, in terms of sitting out, in terms of fines, whatever the case may be. There's no telling what Telvin Smith has to come back to if he does choose, intend to come back to the game of the NFL. Also today on the show, Kuz, I'm pretty excited. We're talking more Super Bowl, right? Because I'll be honest, I felt like a club promoter the past couple days. We're hyping up Urban Meyer. We're hyping up Trevor Lawrence. And, and it's great, you know? You have to be excited for that stuff right now. Um, it just seems – and here's the problem with it. I love talking Trevor Lawrence, but it's still like two and a half months away when they're going to draft him. And I just see – I feel like we're planning the party, but the party's so far away. And it kind of bums me out a little bit. Like, I want Trevor Lawrence getting workouts with his teammates right now, right? And th- th- that's just me being a little selfish, let's just say. And I'm sure a lot of Jaguars fans share my settlement, you know, my sentiments right here. But with that being said, we'll keep on hyping him up. But we're really going to start breaking down this Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Kansas City Chiefs game. And, Coos, I think you're telling me, for, for the pregame on Sunday, is Nickelodeon making a comeback? Do we got more Nickelodeon footage and stuff coming out with this pregame breakdown I guess they're going to do? Yeah, they're doing a pregame show this year, which uh, is obviously they're going to air it a few times. Like I think the first time it starts is on Friday, uh, which was kind of confusing. But they said, I mean, it's obviously going to be aimed towards kids. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have highlights. They're going to break down and explain things to you know people who may not fully understand the game. And we actually have someone here in this building who – it was so funny. I was just talking to him. Uh, he's a big video game guy, Star yeah. Wars guy. And I just asked him, I said, so this weekend to you is absolutely nothing. He goes, this weekend means literally zero to me. And I was like, that's so crazy. You're not going to like have a meal on Sunday. You're not going to sit down and watch it. Yeah. He said, no. He do- I mean, because he, he doesn't pay attention to football. Sure. So I asked him, I was like, I want you to sit down and watch this Nickelodeon yeah. pregame show and see if it teaches you anything. Because he, he, I mean, he knows what a quarterback is, but that might be the extent oh, of I it. Oh, I mean, say, say no more, football fan. If you know what a quarterback is, welcome. Let's go, <laughs> you're man. You're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. But like I told him, I was like, I'm actually curious as somebody who doesn't know much about football. And that wasn't like a dig at him. It was just, I want to know from your angle how much you learn from this game. And then... He tried to get out of it, so I don't know if he's actually going to watch. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting. Is it like SpongeBob SquarePants is going to be doing that whole thing again, yeah, or what's well, going on? Some of the some of the newer version of all that stars are going to be hosting it, and yeah. so there'll be people, sideline reporters, and they'll be breaking down footage and talking about you know plays and, and probably teaching a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. Listen, you know how I feel about this stuff, right? Like, this obviously, it's not really made for me. I might tune in and watch it a little bit, but it's not made for me. Right. But at the same time, if my five-year-old can tune in and learn something about the game, he can have fun about it, then why not? It's kind of like the way I feel about, like, boxing right now. And we have Max Kellerman later on the show today. I'm going to ask him this question, obviously, because you know how I feel about the, the Paul brothers right now. I feel like I'm ruining the sport. But <laughs> it's not about me, though, right? Like, they're bringing new eyes to it and everything. They're getting a new subsection of mixed martial arts slash combat fighting fans involved. So with that being said, like, I guess it helps out a little bit. So with Nickelodeon, like, listen, I'm all for Nickelodeon, man. I, I watched the game when it was the Saints and the Bears. Now Mitch Trubisky won, Nickel- no, I think it was Nickelodeon Valuable Player of the Game. The MVP. That, the MVP. That was a travesty. Stop the count right now. But I think they're doing a lot of good, and I'm all for it. Nate Burleson did a, a beastly of a job calling that game, by the way. 
What's up? What up, man? How we it doing? It wasn't because I was getting gas is why I was late. That's what you texted. You missed the early part of That's what was on a Zoom call. You know so I only you read ga- like 30% yeah. of what I mean, you said. Did you get gas though or not? I did have to get gas. Well, then, I mean, there you go, man. So I guess there was a little bit of part of that. Enough me. said. But I was more like pushed back because of the Zoom call. Who'd you call today? Who'd you uh, talk to? We were interviewing Greg Fry, former Ohio State quarterback. Nice. And, you know, as our quest to uh, kind of dig a little deeper on Urban Meyer. There it is. Continues. And Trevor Lawrence, because he coaches uh, quarterbacks still. At uh, Clemson? Greg Fry does. No, not at Clemson. Oh. But uh, just got a little evaluation take on uh, Trevor Lawrence. But uh, back at St. Xavier in Cincinnati, when Greg Fry was a senior in high school, Urban Meyer was a volunteer coach. And when he was a grad assistant at Ohio State, Greg Fry was the quarterback of Ohio State. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so that was cool to catch up with him. He was really good on a, on a bunch of different things. So uh, uh, continue to work on this story. By the way, the Urban Meyer stories, the uh, Trevor Lawrence stories, some of them uh, will be to Saturday night on our Making of a Champion special on CBS 47 and Fox 30 leading into uh, Super Bowl 55 Man, I can't believe you got cryptic tweet season out of the way already. I mean, that was kind of the big story of the day. We didn't really know where to go with the show to start out with. So, yeah, cryptic tweets it was. Tubman Smith Super it was. Bowl, like 96 hours away. I mean, you could have oh, started for real? there. Because you had me fooled because we talked about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer the entire week. So yeah. I, I had no idea there was a Super Bowl going on. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of boring. It's just Mahomes and Brady. I know, right? Yeah, there's other storylines you can follow. The baby goat, as they say. I mean, we, we got haircuts. We got the weekend we can get into. We got prop bets. We got a couple things. We're going to do prop bets tomorrow. We might okay. do like an hour prop bet. Let's get it. Just see that. That could either just be awful yeah. or fun. Yeah. Right? We'll see what That's happens. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We do have Alan Robinson coming on the show a little bit later today. Yeah. Uh, so that is happening. And you mentioned Max Kellerman. So uh, that is along. Uh, just a quick thought on cryptic tweet season, Telvin. Mm-hmm. Like, I tweeted that I was trying to figure out, and to be honest with you, I still can't get many answers on the Telvin Smith front. Yeah. Like, do you know what happens? Like, if you had stopped playing, like, what would happen to your contract? Just freezes? Like, if you had retired with two years left on your contract. I assume it would freeze. And And I think that's what we were told it did. It basically, back then, it froze. Yeah. So he's on, like, a reserve retired list, right, even though he never really... I mean, he basically said he was done. He didn't say, I'm retiring. I don't think that was like the quote that he had in in one of the cryptic messages from before. So, but when you do that, you have to, you'd have to apply for reinstatement, right? Because even who was it with the Jags this year who retired before the season? Aaron Lynch. Yeah. He had to at least apply for reinstatement. Correct. Well, once you apply for reinstatement, well, then you could bring up a variety of legal issues now that Telvin has faced Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. And so, again, my... I think there's more fact-finding of how it would impact the Jags' cap. What would they have to deal with? Did they cut a guy like that? I mean, would they be on the hook for anything? There's just a lot of questions, I think, now, especially because regimes have changed, of what would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he were to say, I want to come back and play, and, and the steps that would make that happen, I don't believe for a second that he'd come back on the Jags. I don't think so either. I, I broke down a little bit just the fact that the three-four defense, if they were going to implement that, I don't see him fitting yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I heard it doesn't make a fit in that right? defense. And once again, I mean, he got into some pretty serious trouble, or so we're led to believe. And one could wonder what the stipulations of that trouble and what the consequences of that trouble would be if he was to come back to the NFL. You know what's really interesting about Telvin? Because when you tweet Telvin Smith, there are some folks that are like, man, I, I love Telvin Smith or Telvin Smith, that'd be great. He'd be working. There are other people like that are over Telvin Smith. 
And, well, yeah. you know, the, I think the public version of Telvin Smith for years in Jacksonville was this fun-loving, happy guy. And somewhere, I think if we go back to 2018, that changed. You heard more and more stories. You wondered if he was the ringleader of some of the problems, depending on who you listened to in those stories. Uh, and then you had all this that transpired. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I want, uh, from what I've, we've heard and seen the last couple of years, the transgressions uh, off the field, I wouldn't want Telvin Smith back at part of this locker room. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, that, that his, his career to me is done. Mm. which is so astonishing if you really – we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. But he just walked away. He walked away from $10 million that season. Like 2019, he would have made, I think, $10 million. And forget about the rest of the contract because a lot of that's not even guaranteed. You never know. Like right in the NFL, it's not a guaranteed contract. They could cut you, and once they're done paying you, they can cut you. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say he was going to make the whole contract, but he had $10 bucks that year, man, and he mm -hmm. walked away. So for whatever frame of mind he was in, whatever was going on in his life, we don't know the reason. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I do. But whatever it was, he said, nah, it's okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I don't need the $10 million or it's, it's not – I've got to do this instead of getting the $10 million. Whatever his thinking was, he left that on the table and now hasn't played football. I mean, heck, you wonder how much he regrets that decision two years later not having an extra $10 million in the bank. Yeah, goes from I mean, my mind. No, for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's my listen at the time, and I'm not sure what his bank account's looking like. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have no idea how, how much he made um, total. But like with Telvin Smith, I mean, whatever the reason was why he chose to walk away in the first place, whether it was a physical ailment, whether it was mental, whatever the case may be, I mean, he he he's a grown man. He knows what he's doing. So to walk away from that much money, I think it was a pretty good reason. Now, does he regret that? I'm not sure. but And I'm not sure what type of judgment Telvin Smith has. But I'm led to believe that if you walk away from that much money to maybe better yourself or better situation around you, then I trust you to do that. Like I said, we don't know why he walked away. But it must have been a pretty big deal to give that much money back. Yeah. And uh, Telvin, by the way, is 29 years old. So, again, it, it, he's last year... Less than a year ago, he had brushes with the law and serious, serious charges mm. of uh, unlawful sexual activity with a minor. I mean, that is – that's nothing to just be like, okay, I'm back to playing football. That He could try it if he wants to play football, and I'm not sure that would matter. Yeah. The NFL might not let him, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, those things set aside, I'm just talking from a football standpoint – at 29 years old, he could still come back and play, but who knows? He was already an undersized guy, kind of in a system. You know, we had said this before. If, if they didn't sign him and he had gone somewhere else, mm -hmm. his options would be limited, right? He can't play in every defense in the NFL. For sure. So it's, a, it's so bizarre. You know, that's the thing I have a hard time wrapping my arms around some of these guys, and you just don't know what's going on in their life. And, and that's – so I'm not being super critical in that sense. Um Obviously, can be very critical in the charges that he then endured. That's worth being critical about. But if you take a guy like Telvin Smith, who's willing to leave $10 million on the table to walk away from football, what is going on in his life? If you take a guy like Justin Blackman, who walked away at such a young age because he had to, like to me, that always showed the depths of his addiction. 
mm-hmm. you know, Justin Blackman. Yeah. Uh, to, that's a lot of money, folks. That's a lot of money to leave on the table to play a game. Uh, whether you love it, love it, love it or, or not, that's a big thing to walk away from, you know. So uh, that is a hard thing to wrap your arms around. No, for sure. And listen, we have no idea with Talvin Smith what it, that tweet even means. It's like I said, well, it, I it could be time for something else. So we Pretty have no odd. idea if he's coming back to the NFL or not. You know, all we can do is sit here and speculate right now. We're talking about him. Obviously, that's what he wants when you put out a tweet like that. And we'll see. You know, we'll see if he says something else about it. We'll see if he pops up someplace with an interview. But until that time, all we can do is speculate. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting timing at the very least. You yeah, know? Absolutely. And, uh, again, I don't think he – I honestly don't think he does play football again. Mm-hmm. And also, I think for sure he doesn't play for the Jags. I just don't know what happens around all that. I don't know the steps. That's really was my point of even uh, tweeting about it uh, yesterday. Hey, let's talk the Super Bowl, right? Let's Maybe get Noah it. Maybe Meyer or Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you tired of Trevor Lawrence already? I didn't even get here. I know, uh, man. It's talk, crazy. Talk, I can do that. What too. is what, what is Gardner Minshew doing these days? I, don't know. I wonder what Gardner is doing. He's got a mullet. Doing. He does. I was going to say, he's got a mullet for sure. Absolutely. Mullet watch. <laughs> Super Bowl 55 talk when we come back on ESPN 690. Brent Martino. But man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit? Like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played Madden in like 10 years. Sorry, uh, we, sorry we let you down there. Uh, that was a major letdown. Yeah. I mean, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You want to try to get the ball on your hands you know, quickly. Be, be ready to move and understand that if somebody's having a problem, the second one is you got first. You got to trust those guys. You know, they're 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 still professionals. They may not have been your starters, but you got to put trust in them until until there's an issue. And then once there's an issue, you have to try to figure out how to solve it. Do I need a tight end to help chip somebody? Does the back chip them? And so otherwise, you just want to go into the game with the same mindset. We're going to run our stuff, and then we're going to adjust if we have problems up front. And I don't, you can't. I don't think you can worry about it. It's gotta be Bruce. No, uh, it's not. Oh no, 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 Bruce no. I'm, say, no, I'm ninety percent sure you won't get this. I think. First of all, oh, it's so the Kansas City Chiefs coach is because it? it's definitely no, it's talking. Not. It's talking about their offensive line, isn't it? He is not a coach. All right, Coos. Okay. Let me hear it one more time. Travis Kelsey. Let me hear it one more time. No, because he's got too much. Uh, he's got a lot more bass in his voice. Kelsey does. You, you want to try to get the ball out of your hands, as, you know, quickly. Be be ready to move and understand that if somebody's having a problem, the second one is you got first. You got to trust those guys. You know, they're 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 still professionals. They may not have been your starters, but you got to put trust in them until like until there's an issue. And then once there's an issue, you have to try to figure out how to solve it. Do I need a tight end to help chip somebody? Does the back chip them? And so otherwise, you just want to go into the game with the same mindset. We're going to run our stuff, and then we're going to adjust if we have problems up front. I don't, you can't, I don't think you can worry about it. Okay, so here's the thing. It's not a player or a coach. It's, a, it's an analyst. No, it's a pool. Kind of. Is it a player? This person Former is in player? the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, then I'm, I'm out. Tony <laughs> Gonzalez. Somebody nope. old. I don't know, man. It's an old person. Get that out of here, Coos. Is this Adam Thielen? Is this an Adam Thielen one again? Are you, are you just trying to tick this me is, off? This is Joe Montana. Was that Montana? That was Montana. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never would have got that in 100 guesses. I wouldn't have got that. You're right. It's Adam Thielen. You, were you here for the Adam Thielen one where I lost it on Coos? I... I don't think so. Yeah. I would have remembered that. He was just mad because of the Wisconsin accent threw him off. Well, I was mad because it was it was Jags. It was, I forgot who the Jaguars were playing. 
And like it was like a game week, and all of a sudden this dude was. It sounds like a Wisconsin accent. Spoiler alert: it was Minnesota accent. But I thought it was a Wisconsin accent. I'm like, that's Joe Schobert. Like, who else would it be on the Jaguars? He's like, well, that's actually Adam Thielen. And I brought the point: why would you play an Adam Thielen quote right now when we're talking about the Jaguars? So that's how the, the Adam Thielen thing started. That uh, I guess you weren't here for that one. I wasn't here for it. Yeah. Bucks or Chiefs offensive line? Who you taking? Uh, go ahead and give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, this is the one big question mark for the Chiefs. Like, Chiefs yes. don't have many questions. This is the question mark, right? Yes. Uh, with Fisher out, you know, they're they're a little bit hodgepodging around on the offensive front. Uh, you know, Andy Reid had a great quote. He said, we're not very pretty, but we'll, we'll <laughs> but make it work. See, here's the thing, though. When you have the Kansas City Chiefs who don't really rely on running the ball, yeah. it's more of like the short pass game to running back if they want to get the running backs involved. But also it's the pass game with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and company. And you have arguably the best quarterback right now in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. Like how much do you need an offensive line to perform their best? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you. It feels like he's out of the pocket when he needs to. He makes plays. The other thing about him is he's not a three- to five-step drop guy. He's like an eight-step eight dro- <laughs> step drop guy. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he like – is there anybody that drops back further than Mahomes in the pocket? I mean, sometimes they'll actually <laughs> sprint back yeah. and just see the field more. So uh, I think Josh Allen actually does a little bit of that too. When you have that kind of arm strength, you mm-hmm. can do that. That will be a very interesting thing to watch here. Trevor Lawrence has arm strength, right? He's mobile. And when you have that package, will they drop him back? Like, it's something that you notice with Mahomes. And, again, in Buffalo with Josh Allen, I don't think a lot of teams do that. Yeah. Uh, but they're willing to do it. I mean, these are like – they look like they're 12-step drops. They're not that much, I understand. But it For looks sure. so different than just boom, 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 throw. Yeah, and especially with those 12-step drops, I mean, let's be honest, that helps the quarterback out. And when you have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be a rookie, I mean – any little benefit that you can have to give your quarterback confidence, you're going to do that. So if it's, if it's going to be a 12-step drop, I mean, we've seen Trevor Lawrence's arm, so he has that, so it's going to be okay. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what Urban Meyer plans to do with that. Okay, so offensive line, we give the nod to uh, the Bucks. Correct. Running game. Yeah. Give the nod to? I mean, it's not even close. The Bucks. Absolutely. And Leonard Fournette, by the way, carrying the rock. Absolutely. And, and, like, Ronald Jones almost forgotten. Yes. I understand that he can come in. I understand that he'll... Well, he's been hurt, though. I get mind it. you. I know, yeah. but he's forgotten. Yeah. Like, he, he, you know, he got some work in the fourth quarter, I think, of that last game. Mm-hmm. And so if they have to go there, they're comfortable with that. But, yeah, some of the injuries uh, related. But Fournette's the guy. I mean, he's carrying... Listen, he's scoring touchdowns out of the backfield uh, in the receiving game. He's, he's had had that awesome run a couple weeks back. He's also dropped some passes. Mm-hmm. I think there's been... You can tell a little bit of out of sync and lack of familiarity with him and Brady in the passing game because we saw Leonard Fournette catch a lot of passes here. And I feel like I've already seen him drop more in the postseason <laughs> with Tampa and, and Tom, Yeah, which is surprising a bit. But it is. I think that's probably more of an in-sync or out-of-sync type of thing and infamiliarity. So, I, yeah, I, I, it's not funny. Offensive line and running game, the Bucks. If we talk about 54 other Super Bowls mm-hmm. and you give the offensive line oh, you know I feel and you about give that. the running game and you give them the greatest quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. 
We're talking about a 14-point spread. Stop the run, run the you know, yeah, be able to stop the run, run the football. And so far, Tampa Bay can do one of those things. We'll, we'll break the defense down in a little while here, but yeah, so far it's looking good for Tampa Bay right now. I mean, it? that's amazing, really, right? When you yeah. break the game down, okay, wide receivers, it's, I believe it's Kansas City. But if I give you the careers of the receivers that the Bucks have, you might take them. Well, are we taking wide receivers or are we taking pass catchers? Because there's a difference there. Yeah, uh, let's let's take in its entirety. Let's take pass catchers. Pass catchers. Because obviously add Kelsey to the – I mean, uh, exactly. To, to the, and, and that is the X factor. If we're going pass catchers, you know, Watkins – Probably will be out. You got Hardman. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards the. See, this is the thing, though. It's a catch 22. I'm leaning towards Kansas City because of how good Patrick Mahomes is. Like, I'm kind of biased like that, right? Like, I think, like, listen, I think Tyreek Hill is a hell of a receiver and probably the, the, the best of the group. But, like, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and if Antonio Brown plays, they're no slouches themselves. And if we take Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, and if Antonio Brown plays over Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, we'll say Sammy Watkins, uh, or we'll say like Byron Pringle, I'm taking Tampa Bay all day. But when you put Travis Kelsey in the mold, and when you have the Patrick Mahomes factor, I'm sorry, but I got, and you had the play calling of Andy Reid, I got to take Kansas City. So advantage Kansas City in pass catching. It's just wild because I'm like typing this up. The Bucks have the greatest of all time quarterback. I understand your respect level for Patrick Mahomes. I understand yeah. all our respect level. They have Tom Brady. He's played in now ten of these things. That guy's pretty good. And yeah. it's not a failing Tom Brady. This isn't Peyton Manning. Well, he had three Tom interceptions Brady. against Green Bay, though. He, he did, but he also had three. He also got him out to enough of a lead because yeah. he was brilliant mm -hmm. that secured the win as well. And so this is again, if you go back to their bye week. When they haven't lost since, Tom Brady's been playing excellent football overall. Mm -hmm. uh, and this, my point being, this isn't, this just isn't Peyton Manning, who won a Super Bowl on the strength of a defense, you know, and he's, you're, you're almost handicapped by Manning at that point because he just doesn't have anything left in his arm. But this, that's not this, okay? This mm -hmm. is Tom Brady that's still got it, still got a fastball, in my opinion. And then you have the running game in the offensive line, and you have receivers that, even if you want to give the edge to the Chiefs, it's not by a wide margin. No. So, it's fascinating that we say all that on the offensive side of the ball in an offensive league where these, are, I think, are the two most prolific passing attacks that are now in the Super Bowl, which is show, show you how much the game has changed. Mm -hmm. You can say all that. And a lot of people, I would think more money will be on Kansas City to win this game. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the defense, but it just, I mean, that is crazy, the amount of respect for what Kansas City has done, for what Andy Reid has done, and for what Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, that is yeah. a, a sick amount of respect in a short time for for that young man, really, and, and what they've done and accomplished. And they, they do have a couple of joystick kind of video game guys that, that the Bucks can't match even on their side. They have Tyreek Hill, and nobody can match what that is, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody in the league can, whatever you want to describe that as. But his speed and the, the ability for matchups, you can't do it. Nobody else can. And then you mentioned Kelsey. I mean, and Kelsey is the premier tight end in the league right now. And you've got an old Gronk, you know, across the way. So they do have two positions that are unmatched in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not sure where the money stands right now in terms of um, 
you know, what percentage is on the Chiefs, what percentage is on the Buccaneers. I assume that a vast majority is on the Chiefs with, you know, minus three it right now, It opened at three and a half, and it's three now, which I, means a little bit of the money went to three. the Bucs. Okay, you're right. right. So, But still, I get your point. I yeah. think if you're going to just take the money out of it, who's winning the game? Yeah. I think people are going the Chiefs. And I think the reason why people tend to lead that way a little bit and actually bet against the GOAT is because if you remember really how – these playoffs have gone for the Chiefs, but especially last year, too, and even last year's Super Bowl, like, the Chiefs have shot themselves in the foot a lot, whether it's with turnovers, whether it's with muffed punts, um, whether it's with not playing good defense. Like, they've been down in the hole a couple times, but we've seen the same story every single game from the Kansas City Chiefs. They can be down by 10 or whatever, 21 to the Houston Texans, but they come back like it's nothing. Like, they, they never panic because they're that talented. So where I think all the money on the Chiefs is coming from is the fact that, listen, we've seen them play maybe at 70% or 80%. We haven't seen them play a perfect team game yet. We haven't seen them play perfect complementary football. And I feel like, you know, on the grandest stage of the Super Bowl, now we didn't see that last year, obviously, in Miami, but, like, you get the sense that eventually it's going to happen where they're just so good on both ends of the ball that no one can stop them. Like, I haven't seen a perfect Kansas City Chiefs game in a while, let's just say. Yeah, it does, it does feel playoffs. like it's been – well, not even just in the playoffs. Yeah. You go back through December. I mean, you probably have to go back to November mm-hmm. to find, like, this really good game. But if you really start to think about the Chiefs, think about the Super Bowl last year. They were down. They needed what was that, third and 13? It was a big third and 13 play uh, in Miami. That they needed to convert, I can see it now, left side of the field from where I was sitting. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge play in that game. They might not win without that play. Think about earlier in that postseason, they're down 24 to nothing to the Houston Texans in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. 24 to nothing. Not too many teams come back from 24 to nothing. Yeah. They were down 9 to nothing at home the other day. They lost their quarterback and almost lost to the Chiefs because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really amazing some of the wins they've had. Like, we think it's all easy on the Chiefs. Some of the ways they have won over the last two years been quite impressive. Quarterback position. I mean, we named every other position on offense. Are you taking Mahomes or Brady? I, I think I don't think this is much of an argument right now. I, yeah. I, I think you're taking 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes yeah. instead of 43-year-old Tom Brady. Although I do believe if we asked this question three years ago, we thought that gap would be a heck of a lot wider True. than it is. It's, it's not... I think it's a slam dunk answer, mm-hmm. but it's not by this incredibly wide margin. Probably not by as much as you think it is. Yeah. And then Bruce Arians, Andy Reid. I assume Andy Reid. Are you taking? Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. I think. I think yes. Yeah. Keep in mind, Bruce Arians only been a coach since like no, head listen, coach since like 2013. He's, he's making a lot of waves. The guys seem to respect yeah. him, but it's Andy Reid. Come on. It's no doubt that yeah. he has to win that. Uh, yeah. We'll talk a little defense on the other side. And Allen Robinson coming up in just a few minutes. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six nine. It's a tremendous effect. I mean, it, it's something that's truly special. I mean, having those guys that, that are that are physical, but they're also extremely fast, um, it puts defenses in uh, uh, dangerous spots. I mean, that when they want to bring pressure, um, and you see how we do so well against pressures, uh, it's because I can get the ball out of my hand quickly, and these guys can make plays happen. And uh, so, I mean, it's it's something where it makes defenses really have to second-guess what they want to do um, in order to, to stay on top of guys like Tyreek and McColl and all these other receivers that we have, um, and it opens up the field for, for guys underneath. Um, it's something that really is a, a big part of our offense. That is Patrick Mahomes. We could have both got that one. That's not a point. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, we're just talking about something. We're going to get into it here in a moment. Two things. One, on a YouTube, we have a 
request for you to share your story about breaking down practice with the yeah. Chiefs, which we've heard before, and it's got a funny twist at the end. Yes. So you got to share that. It's a YouTube request. Yeah, yeah. And we're still trying to figure out who exactly asked it because they make it seem like they were there. I know. It's a little confusing. But then the, the person goes on to say, you told us at the F Grand's opening celebration, which I'm not sure might be a typo there. I don't know. Maybe I told the story to somebody and they heard it. Yeah, you might have but, um, spoke somewhere yeah. and had that. Uh, but before we answer that question, or before I tell that story, um, they asked. They also asked us, would you comment about who you want to win versus who you will win? Well, and that's what I think is really interesting, right? Yeah. We were just discussing this. And, yeah. you know, you get – whether you're associated with the team or you root for a team or not, I think when you watch a game, you you kind of like – by the second half, like, you know what, I kind of hope they win. Yeah. And I was telling you the story, like the Bucks and the Packers – I really was about as indifferent as I can remember on a game. Like, I had no feeling either way. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Tom Brady. I really don't. I think the Bucks are fine. They've lost for a long time. Arian's a cool guy. Even the Fournette stuff, like, that doesn't bother me like it might bother a Jags fan. Good for Fournette, you know? Uh, Mercedes Lewis, I would like to see him win. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, deserves a shot at another Lombardi. He's been that good to the league. So I really was indifferent. Like, I was going back and forth. I remember doing it. I'm like, who do I really want to win here? Like, yeah. am I going to be mad? Yeah. Because, again... We do this all the time. Like, with the Patriots in it, I'm like, please stop. Yeah. Not another one. Yeah. Not necessarily Brady, but the Patriots. So I'm, I really don't care who wins this one either. I, I'm You're kind of the same way. You're like, sit back and enjoy. There's a little bit of a part of me that I, I think I'm – I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. I think they're a likable guy, a likable team, a likable Andy Reid. But I'm like, can we slow down on how great Patrick Mahomes is? He's 25. I know he's great. I understand his brilliance. But it's like – we're watching the greatness finish up a career in Tom Brady. Yeah. I almost don't even mind if he piles on another one and does it in a different spot. Like, I guess I'd probably lean a little bit toward Tampa might be the better story because I'm not a dynasty guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Kansas City wins three out of four years in a row. I know people love that. I don't. I, mm-hmm. I actually don't like that. I'd like to see a Tampa team that hasn't won in 20 years get to celebrate a Super Bowl, even if Brady does it every other year. No, for sure. <laughs> Listen, um, I mean, I think Kansas City is going to win first of all. I've said that many times on the show. And obviously, I want Kansas City to win. And not necessarily because I used to play on that team, but it's more about of what that team represents and what Andy Reid represents. Like I feel the Kansas City Chiefs do things the right way. I think Andy Reid coaches the right way. I think they bring along their talent and re-sign their talent the right way. And I think they handle free agency the right way. So, like, as opposed to the Patriots, who've always had kind of, like, the, you know, the bad optics. Like, I feel like Kansas City, um, you can't really say anything bad about them. You yeah, can't say anything bad about Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. So, I'm I'm going for uh, the Chiefs, and I want the Chiefs to win. Yeah, and, and you did play there. Yeah, uh, I and, did. and so, we well, had this request. Tell the, the story. Yeah, I assume this is the story where I broke. I mean, actually, I it's think I might have to... found out who it is. So it's not somebody you played with or a coach. Okay. I think uh, I think she had heard the story in the past. Okay, cool. But it's worth telling again, and it is worth telling again. Yeah, yeah, let's get you, it. You, you must have did, done a good job. It Tell was memorable. Story. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's get a little more in depth here because I believe when I first told the story, it was completely just off topic and random. I just brought it up out of nowhere. But let's go back uh, to my time in Kansas City. This would have been back in 2013. Um, we're through the dog days of summer right now. I want to say it was up into our third preseason game. So we're like right in the heart of training camp right now. And I'll be honest. I mean, in, in terms of an Andy Reid training camp, not too shabby, right? We're in Kansas City. It's mild. I'm not in Jacksonville. Sweat my you-know-what off. So it, it, it was all good. Um, keep in mind, my time in Kansas City, 
it was a love-hate relationship because they had me playing a three technique and a three-four defense. And if you know anything about me at that time, I was a little undersized. I was a defensive end, and I say defensive end as a four-three defensive end. And I was playing a position where I felt like I was out of place. And my position and coach and I didn't really get along to the fullest. But meanwhile, I was a giant Andy Reid fan. So they're doing two-minute drill to end the practice. And keep in mind, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm trying to make the team. I'm having a pretty good training camp. People got my name out there in the airwaves, but it's still not a foregone conclusion. I'm going to make the team. So I have to show out in this two-minute drill, right? So it's it's the starters. You know, it's Alex Smith and company, uh, Dwayne Bow and company, Jamal Charles. They're out there as the ones. And they're taking on the two defense, right? So now I'm out there as, as a backup, and I'm playing three technique. And it was two-minute drill, so it was all kind of pass rush situations. And I remember I was going against this dude by the name of John Osimo. You, you remember John Osimo? I remember that name. Yeah. Spoiler alert, if you had the last name Osimo, you're a bad dude. Probably pretty tough. You're, you're a bad dude, okay? <laughs> and that's not a racial thing. I'm just saying if you got a name like that where it's like Hawaiian or Polynesian, you're a bad dude. You're one tough okay? son of a guy. Exactly. So I'm going against him the entire time, and I'm getting the better of him, man, like to the point where, like, where he's getting ticked off. And, like, keep in mind, I'm a veteran, but I have a team to make. So if I was a rookie, it'd be like, hey, rookie, you better fall in line a little bit, yeah, man. Yeah. You're going a little too hard right now. Like, chill out. You know, this is you're a backup going against the ones. I couldn't afford to do that because I've seen too much of the game. I know how the game works, and I know how the game works is where I have to get my reps in and dominate so I get more playing time in the preseason games, get more playing time in the preseason games, I can showcase my skills. So I have a great two-minute drill. I think I have, like, two sacks off it. Awesome was pissed, you know, like he's he's swearing and all this stuff. Andy Reid's getting like I'm getting high class from Andy Reid, like that's a good job, you know. Like, keep in mind, this is an offensive minded guy, yeah, yeah. And right now I'm wrecking his offense, yeah. but like he appreciated it, yeah. right? And, like, like he, cheeseburgers like, for exactly, you, exactly. You know, and my defensive teammates are high fiving me and stuff like that. So we ended up winning the two minute drill. So practice comes to a close now, and the cool thing about Andy Reid is like you had captains. But depending on who had the good practice, got to break down that, that period, the, the, the rest of the day. And I'll also out of nowhere. You know, he gives a speech, all right, guys, good stuff, get some cheeseburgers, whatever. <laughs> Austin Lane. And all of a sudden, all the, like, the guys go, Ooh, you know, like, oh, here we go. <laughs> break it down. And I'm like, this is it, Brent. This is my moment. This is, this is two or th- th- three weeks of just hell in training camp, playing out of position, um, being miserable, playing a three technique. This is what it's for right here. This moment where I can lead the Kansas City Chiefs in a breakdown with all my teammates around me supporting me. Let's get it. So, I, you know, I walk up feeling good, feeling great. Just one two-minute drill. I'm feeling cocky. Chest is high. Awesome. Sorry, dude. Get you next time. You know what I'm saying? Hands up. And obviously the proper breakdown would be what? Chiefs on three. Chiefs on three. One, two, three. Chiefs. I go with all eyes on me, Brent. Jags on three. Jags on three. <laughs> one, two. And everyone goes, hey. And, you know, like, honestly, I can't repeat what was said in the huddle. But they're going to I mean, I remember Janice Kelsey goes, hey, what the? Bleep? And I'm like, oh, oh. And then I go, hey, that's uh, my bad, my bad, my bad. And then I like, choose on three, choose on three. Keep in mind, you're like, I'm so used to breaking down from Jacksonville for three years. Yeah, yeah. You know, d- defensive meetings, all that stuff, where it was like second nature to me. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was so hyped. So that was like my one moment to really put the team on my back in the Kansas City Chiefs. And I blew it, man. It's like, it's I blew straight it. out of a, did you sleep at a Holiday Inn? Surprise. <laughs> exactly. Are you going to be here a while? Grab a Snickers or something, man. You know what I'm saying? Should I say we'll be right back on 1010XL or something? Oh! <laughs> Dang! I'm dumping it. Something. I'm dumping it. Oh, man. No, we'll be back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I doubt they have Allen Robinson coming up next. Nice. <laughs>
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.